Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. And these are things that you learn, things that you grow in. You're not just, when you're born again, you don't just know it all, and you haven't just arrived uh, instantly at the highest level of faith. The scripture talks about growing in grace and growing up spiritually. So uh, the way you do that, Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Just like natural food feeds your body, babies when they're born, they need nourishment to grow. The scripture said, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So get your Bible, get something to make some notes with, come on into the classroom with us. And let's get fed today. Let's get built up today. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree together as touching this. You know what everybody's dealing with today, tonight, right now. You know it. And nothing is hidden from you. There's nothing that's too hard. Uh, there's nothing that's unfixable. Nothing that we can't overcome by the greater one you've placed inside us. We're asking you for answers. We're asking you for the direction, the guidance, the help. We agree together as touching it. Give us ears to hear it and eyes that see it. We purpose to be doers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you turn, please, in our great textbook again to Matthew, the ninth chapter. We have been for a few weeks now on this topic we're calling faith for healing, faith for healing. And we're getting faith for healing. Uh, somebody go ahead and say that out loud. I'm getting, I'm getting. faith for healing. Faith. <laughs> we're getting it from these words about healing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, individuals who were healed through Jesus' ministry. Uh, there's about 20 uh, individual cases where detail is given, and of course thousands and thousands that were healed that we're not told any detail about. We've already looked at the healing of the leper, where the man said, Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. Jesus said, I will. Be clean. We looked at the healing of Peter's wife's mother, Peter's mother-in-law, and how that she was, I guess, maybe delirious with a fever in a bad way, and Jesus rebuked the fever, and it left her. And now we're uh, on to number three here in our study of these accounts, the healing of the paralyzed man. And if you'd notice in Matthew 9, uh, excuse me, yeah, Matthew 9, verse 1, we'll read Matthew, Mark, then Luke's account of this same healing. Matthew 9 and verse 1, Jesus entered into a ship, he passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, your sins be forgiven you. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think you evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, your sins be forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk. 
but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then says he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed, and go into your house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Actually, it's the word authority. He had given such authority unto men. Look over in Mark's account now, Mark 2, and again verse 1. Mark 2, 1. Again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. It was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come near to him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, everybody say he saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, your sins be forgiven you. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves. Um, notice this is, is one of the benefits of reading all three accounts. Uh, Matthew just said he knew their thoughts. And sometimes people read that and they go, well, you know, yeah, he's, he's God. He knows everything. Well, no, Jesus is not operating as God. The scripture said he, uh, he laid aside his mighty weight and glory, Philippians talks about, and became like other men. Uh, well, then how did he know their thoughts? Well, it tells you right here, uh, Mark adds the detail, says he, he perceived, you know, um, in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves. How did he know it? Same reason, uh, same way you could know it or I could know it by a word of knowledge. Not, this is not something he figured out in his head. He knew it in his spirit. Well, have you ever known something in your spirit, inside, that you didn't hear, or you didn't figure out in your head? Then that's Jesus operated in the um, gifts of the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit. We should have manifestations of the Spirit in our life. He perceived in his spirit that they reasoned with themselves. He said, why reason ye those things in your hearts? Now, this is interesting because apparently they didn't say anything, <laughs> right? But when Jesus, when, when they tore off the roof and they let the man down, and of course, Jesus had been preaching the word, but this interrupts things. And so they let the man down and Jesus looks at the man and says, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Well, there's no record that anybody said anything else at that point. But then 
he looks over at them, all these scribes and Pharisees, and he says, I'm going to paraphrase, you got a problem with that? <laughs> no, that's not what he said. But, but they didn't say anything, you know. And, and he perceived in, in his spirit that inside themselves, they are, you know, they're, they're looking at him, shaking their heads and, and going, he's blaspheming. Who does he think he is? Does the Lord know what you think inside yourself? To, uh, oh, yeah, you can't hide things from him. And he will even reveal to you at times what other people are thinking about something. Now, this is not, the, you know, some people say, yeah, I think I, I have the, uh, the gift of discernment. Uh, there is no such thing. Somebody said, what? No, the, the Bible talks about the gift of the manifestation of the discerning of spirits. That's not the same thing as the gift of discernment. A lot of what people call the gift of discernment is the gift of suspicion. <laughs> Unsaved people have this gift. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I think he meant something, and I, I kind of picked up that. That's you guessing and being suspicious. We're not talking about any of that foolish stuff. That's just flesh. No, there's something above that. There, uh, there's manifestations of the Spirit that cause you to know something. That there's no, you didn't find it out, you didn't hear it, you didn't see it, you didn't think it up. All at once, you just know something. And that's because the Spirit of God revealed it to you. Uh, that particular manifestation is called the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom could, could be accompanying it. But Jesus perceived it. And so even though they didn't say anything necessarily, he, he brought it up because it was an issue. And he said, which one's easier to say then to the sick of the palsy? You, in other words, you didn't like what I said, that I said your sins are forgiven you. Which one's easier to say, um, rise, take up your bed and walk, or to say your sins are forgiven you? I don't think they had an answer for that either, do you? So they're still sitting there looking at him. Which one's easier? Well, it's kind of like this. You know, a lot of these same guys, they had major problems if he ministered to healing, healing to anybody on the Sabbath day. You remember that? Oh, man. They had, uh, in, in fact, um, on one occasion they said, there are six days in which men are to work, and them come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. <laughs> oh, really? Well, when are you having your healing day? <laughs> when are they having a healing? Never, never. And yet, they can tell somebody else how, what's wrong with what they're doing. They, they're not getting any results over here. Can you see this critical spirit, th this reasoning, this intellectualism, this uh, fault finding, this judging, this is, and these are religious people that call themselves Bible scholars. This is not God. This is actually uh, of the enemy. We don't, want to, we don't want any part of that. There's a whole lot of things we don't have to figure out. And we don't know what, you know, God said to somebody else or, or what they see and know and what they don't. So much of it, we just need to leave it in God's hands. He knows their hearts, right? He knows what they're doing, what they're not doing. And when it comes to your personal opinions about people being right and wrong, this and that, a lot of that stuff you need to just keep to yourself. You need to cast it aside and cast your care over on the Lord 
and just love God, love everybody. You want them to do well no matter what they're doing. And keep your heart right, and faith works by love. Keeping your heart clear also enables you to hear. We actually did a series one time called Clear to Hear. (laughs) And Jesus, is Jesus hearing clearly here on the inside? He's seeing things. He's knowing things. Do you want to walk in that kind of light and revelation? Well, <clears throat> your heart's good. you got to keep your heart right, too. You don't want to join this critical bunch. And so he said, well, which one's easier? You know, you, you don't like that I said uh, sins are forgiven. What about if I say, uh, get up, take your bed and walk? Which one's easier to say, easier to do? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say to you, okay, put yourself in, in the group now, uh, the, the house is jam-packed. There's people wall to wall. And not just the, uh, the fault finders, but a whole lot of other people that, you know, they're, they're pro-Jesus. And, and uh, what, what do you think they're sitting there when, when they, heard, they heard him say, your sins are forgiven? They thought, ooh, Wow. And they looked at the scribes and Pharisees because they knew they weren't going to like that. And they thought, ooh, they didn't like that. Boy, ooh, they're getting hot under the collar. And and people are just thinking these things. And then Jesus said, well, which one's easier? And they're thinking, yeah, which one's easier? And so then he looks at the guy and one of the people say, oh, he's going to say it. Oh, he's going to tell him. He goes, get up, take your bed and get out of here. Go to your house. They thought, ooh, he said it. And then the man does it. Immediately he arose, he took up his bed and went forth before them all. And man, there was amazement. There was a, a hush and there were, there were people saying things through the house and they glorified God. Yeah, you, you heard people saying, glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Did you see that? Glory to God. Notice, no glories to God seeing the man paralyzed. When they let the man down through the roof and they saw he's paralyzed, there was not this amazement and this excitement of glory to God. Glory to God, he's paralyzed. Glory to God. Why? Because that's not the work of God. The work of God glorifies God. The work of the enemy glorifies the enemy. Anything that steals, kills, and destroys, Jesus said that's the thief. Well, the work of the thief glorifies the thief. When did they glorify God? Not when they saw the man sick. huh? The paralysis didn't bring glory to God. When did they glorify God? When the man got up. Oh, hallelujah. When the man got up, they glorified God. When he grabbed his little cot and walked out of there under his own power, They were glorifying God in the room. They were glorifying God in the kitchen. They were glorifying God out in the front yard. They were glorifying God. They were amazed. They said, did you see that? Did you see that? Does God still want us having these kind of things in our lives today? He hadn't lost his power. He hadn't changed his will. He hadn't changed his plan. Anywhere he can find faith. Now, this is is a lesson to us. The, The power to heal was there before this man ever showed up, wasn't he? We already saw it. It said the power of the Lord was present to heal, not him, them. And yet nobody's getting healed until somebody shows up with some anointing activator. 
Hallelujah. Some faith. We saw in Hebrews that the gospel, the word preached, won't profit you. It won't benefit you unless faith is mixed with it. Look over in Luke's account. Luke 5 of this same healing. And verse 17. It says, it came to pass on a certain day as Jesus was teaching. There were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. So there's a bunch of preachers there and a bunch of theologians. And the power of the Lord was present or there to heal them. Them who? Well, he just got through talking about Pharisees and doctors of the law. You mean the power was there to heal them? Certainly. Certainly. And you know, if you, we, we see in a moment that they're quick to find fault and criticize. If you've been living like that, I guarantee you, you got stuff wrong with you. Because being critical and judgmental and bitter, that caused you all kind of physical problems over the long term. So you can be sure people needed healing. These guys needed some healing. But sadly, we, we'd have to add to the scriptures to say that they received that day though it was there. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. He was paralyzed. They sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Notice this, they sought means to bring him in. The scripture talks about they, they were seeking, they were looking for a way to get him in. And when they couldn't find a way, notice what they didn't do. <laughs> they didn't leave. Huh? Can you see that? Put yourself in, in their place now. They, uh, this is not an isolated thing. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? How did she get healed? She had to leave the house in her weakened condition. She's had a hemorrhage for years and years. She's weak. She's, she's been sick. She's been through all kinds of procedures, all kinds of things. And yet, she made her way out of the house, found where Jesus was, and there was a crowd there. And she pushed her way through the crowd all the way into where Jesus was and touched the hem of his garment. And that's how she received her healing. One of the reasons she's in the book is because she didn't just sit at the house and sing, Kumbaya, come by here, Lord. Well, Lord, why, why won't anybody notice me? You know, why won't anybody help me? She got up. She made the effort. Can you see that same thing here? You, you'll see a, a recurring thing of this. Now the scripture said that when they showed up, having made the hold, Jesus saw their faith. And, and every one of these writers makes sure to put that phrase in there. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. Well, how can you see faith? Because there's a whole lot of folks who leave the idea, well, you know, my faith is something very personal and private between me and and God, and it's just, their, their idea is nobody could see or know 
what my faith is. Well, that's just not true. Faith can be seen. Faith can be seen. How did they see, how did Jesus see their faith? Why would it say that? Well, it took faith to do what they're doing. And they wouldn't have done what they did had they not had faith. What do you mean? Well, why, I mean, there, there were a lot of people in all those regions round about there that had physical problems. There were a lot of people homebound. There were a lot of people bedfast. Where are they? <laughs> huh? Why didn't they all come that day? Because they're homebound. Because they're sick. Because they don't feel good. Right? But that's not, that didn't keep them from coming. He's homebound. He's bedfast. He's paralyzed. I'm sure he had all the symptoms and pain and discomfort that comes with that. I'm sure it wasn't any more comfortable for him to be hauled out of the house and down the steps and down the dusty road and all the way to the crowd and then hauled up on top of the house and riding, lowered down like a sack of potatoes into, into the room. Why did they do that? Because they believed something. Because they were convinced of something. Because they were persuaded of something. Because they were expecting something. Oh, can you see this? They were expecting something. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And before the man has any change in his body, Jesus looks up and, and sees faith. He hears a noise on top of the house. He sees the dust and debris coming down. He sees some guys and some rustling up there. And, and I guess they had some ropes and, and they lowered the guy down. And here he comes, you know, smiling <laughs> into, into the place. <laughs> Did they or did they not mean that they were getting their buddy in front of Jesus today? Huh? They meant they were going to do it, whatever it took. And the scripture said that when Jesus saw that, he saw faith. He saw faith. Faith is not just in idle talk. Faith is not just in quoting religious info. James says, faith without inaction is dead. Hold your place here and let, let's go look at that. Oh, somebody say they saw, Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. We're talking about faith you can see. <laughs> Do you like that? Faith you can see. In James 2... And verse 14, it says, uh, What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? Now, this is King James, and this word works, I don't know, it seems like people, their mind runs off on a tangent when they hear it. They think about good works 
they think about works of this, and, and, and that's not what he's talking about. He's, he's talking about an action, a deed. Listen to some other translations. The, the basic English says, uh, what use is it, my brothers, for a man to say he has faith if he does nothing? Will such a faith give him salvation? And the implied answer is no. Will such a faith save him? And that means save you from sins, save you from sickness. Like we've talked about, sozo means saved from all of this. But a faith that does nothing, one translation says a faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Um, what did he see that caused him to know there's faith in the house now? We can, we can get something done now. We can have, we can have a miracle now because the power was already there. And somehow these guys had that in their spirit that if we can get to Jesus, there's healing power in there with Jesus. Hallelujah. There, there's something going on in there. If we can just get to him. And so they, they set aside everything else they were doing that day. They postponed everything else. They went to the effort. They went to the expense. And when they showed up with him, can't even get close to the door. And that's where a lot of people would have lost out. They would have said, well, you know, buddy, we tried. Right? And uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just not your day. Hmm? And that wouldn't have been true. I said it wouldn't have been true because the power's there. I'm sorry. That there's no way. I mean, what can we do? There's nothing we can do. Jesus said, seek and you shall find. Right? The reason why folks don't even try is because they're not persuaded of anything. They have no faith. The reason people give up so quickly and easily is because they're not persuaded. They don't have faith. Strong faith won't quit. Come on, can you see that? Strong faith will say, no, it's there. It's there. We can find it. Right? Yeah, but we don't see it. Yeah, but I can get it. I know, it. I know it's God's will. I, it, it has to be a way. There has to be a way. And so they looked around, they looked at the front door, they looked at the back door, they tried, tried to find the cellar entrance, they, they tried to look around, and then they finally looked up. And they thought, ain't nobody on top of the house. <laughs> nobody up there. <laughs> and they made their way up there. There was a way, if you believed, you could get there. Can you see that? Yes. Faith is fully persuaded of God's will, fully persuaded I can receive it, fully persuaded it can happen, and so it pursues it and seeks it and won't give up until it experiences it, until it's seeing it and feeling it, right? That's what he saw that day. And our time's up again. <laughs> Said out loud, I live by faith, I walk by faith, I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702-7390.